A plain reading of the Bible tells us that God created the heavens and the earth in six 24-hour days just thousands of years ago. But a lot of Christians, they try to fit millions and billions of years into the Bible. So what's the big deal? Well, we'll address that today. So welcome today. I'm here with my good friend and CEO of Creation Ministries International, Gary Bates. How are you doing, Gary? I'm good, Scott. Great. So let's get right to it. Why do so many believers try to fit millions and billions of years into the Bible? Well, it's all we hear. I mean, you know, can't turn on a TV program, watch a documentary, children's cartoons, everything, you know, like dinosaurs or they find a fossil, they'll tell us it's been dated to a certain age. And so people tend to think that there's very, very strong science behind that. And so there's such a disparity too. I mean, the secular view says the earth is 4.5 billion years old. Right. We believe if we looked at the chronogenealogies, you know, in Genesis 5 and 11 and they're, you know, where so-and-so begat so-and-so and he had a son, uh, we can clearly get an age of the earth and it's what the early church fathers believed or Archbishop Usher believed that the creation event was about 6,000 yeah. years ago. So there's such a massive gap and they think that the science is on that side then somehow maybe maybe we can gel the two or something like that. Yeah, there's a big gap between 4.5 billion mm. and 6,000 or so years. Yeah. So where do those secular dates come from? Well, this is the issue, you know, and you've experienced this. You know, of we course. speak in a lot of churches and people come up and they say, well, you know, there's a gap between Genesis 1-1 and 1-2 or those days in Genesis could have been millions of years each or, you know, God's time is not our time. And, and there are all these views, framework, hypothesis, progressive creation. Yeah, we've I, heard them all, right? Yeah, and let me just say... Before you go commenting uh, down below on YouTube that, you know, what about these things, we're not going to address those things now, but people can type any one of those terms into creation.com. And in fact, we've got a creation talk session going to come up about that. So we're not going to deal with things like gap theory and day-age theory. There are answers where scripture answers itself uh, to refute those kind of ideas. But getting back to my point, and, and I said you've experienced it, you know, people come up and they, they say, well, what about? Yeah. And I can say, well, you know, I can argue the hermeneutics of Genesis 1 and what yom means a day and so on. But I've learned to stop because most people, Christian or non-Christian, we hear the millions of years all the time. They don't know where it comes from. So and they, Yeah. They just assume that, don't they? Yeah. So I say yeah. something like, well, tell me why you think the earth is old. Right. Right. And, and usually then, you get silence, don't you? <laughs> silence, or they'll refer back to, well, what about gap theory? What about that? Yeah. No, 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 hang on. Yeah. You don't get those ideas. You don't get the idea of millions of years from Scripture. In fact, I'll often say, show me chapter and verse where you see millions or billions of years in Scripture. You don't get that idea from the Scripture. And this is what we do unwittingly. And I know I did it when I first became a Christian. I was an evolutionist and I was looking for, well, a day and the Lord's like a thousand years, Right. But what we're doing is we're taking a secular interpretation. That means non-Christian interpretation of the natural world. And then we're trying to put that in the Bible to tell us what God's trying to say to us. Right. In fact, I'd say you and I kind of maybe have something in common there. Because you've told me about in the past that you kind of believe that God might have used millions and billions of years. Same thing with, with myself. But yet when we start looking at what Scripture plainly says, it, it tells us a very different story, doesn't it? Yeah. 
Well, you said, where does the millions of years come from? Yeah, right. Where so, do most people, where the secular ideas, so where So here they come it comes from? from. It's not about radiometric dating, okay? And you can look that up on Carbon14 on creation.com. We're not going to deal with that today. It doesn't come from there. Right. And there is no, no scientific method you can use to prove the age of anything. That's Big right. statement, but you can't use it. You can get results, but people interpret those results already according to what they believe. The whole concept of millions even billions of years comes from an interpretation of the world's geologic layers. Right, the got all these layers. rock layers, big bands of strata. We see them. You can see them in the Grand Canyon, and sometimes in those strata you see these very fine layers. And the idea is that wind or water has washed in these particles, and each little particle takes a year. So you look at the Grand Canyon. There are five hundred million layers there. So they assume they're looking at five hundred million years of Earth's history. But here's the point. Who saw Grand Canyon form? Does anybody alive today actually see the Grand Canyon form? Yeah, of course they didn't. And I know that you and I so often will explain to people sometimes when we have seen sedimentary layers form. You know, for example, at Mount St. Helens, right? Well, that was the event that literally changed my life. Because uh, once I understood that the geologic layers could be laid down very rapidly, in some cases in hours as a result of catastrophic events, then it caused me to say, well, okay, we've got all these geologic layers all over the world. The fossil record that I was taught represents millions of years of time and then there are dead things in those rock layers, so those dead things are then supposed to represent a record of biological evolution on the Earth over that time. But hang on, if those layers were not laid down over millions of years, what just happened to evolution? If the time's gone, evolution can't happen. Yeah. We need the millions of years for evolution to be true. So what would the Bible tell us about where those layers and those those layers came from. Well, exactly. Yeah. So again, so using the Bible to interpret the natural world, not using the natural world to interpret scripture. The Bible is a history book and there's one really major pivotal event in history, uh, Noah's flood. That's right. That involved a lot of water, a global catastrophe. I mean, think about this. You know, I say to people, do you realize that the very continents we're living on today didn't even exist Right. Pre-flood. The world that perished, the world that was, yeah. perished. Because people don't understand how destructive this, this flood was. I yeah. mean, it covered all of the, uh, the mountains and everything that we know of today. You know, all the continents were covered by water. Yeah. Well, even some of the mountains we have today were yeah. probably not pre-flood mountains. They weren't even there. In Evolution's right. Achilles Heels, we showed those massive bends and folds in mountains where those rock layers, you know, if they're supposed to be millions of years old, they would have dried and hardened and cracked. So when you get uplift, they would be they would be broken. But we see them bent and folded, which means they were pushed up very rapidly, yeah. very quickly after the flood. So here's the thing. If we think that the majority of the world's geologic layers were laid down in the globe-destroying you know, flood of Noah's time, um, I often say to people, how long did the flood last? Of course, everyone puts their hands up and says, 40 yeah. days. <laughs> yeah, that's what most people say. <laughs> but, of course, the flood was on floodwaters were on the earth for a year. Right. So here's the kicker. If most of the geologic layers that we're told represent millions of years of deep time, and remember they had rock uh, fossils in them, if we think the majority of them were laid down during Noah's flood, where'd the millions of years just go? Right. So that whole opportunity for evolution to happen, it just disappears. So- 
If, well, it's based. Not only that, if there's no millions of years, there's no time for evolution. But, right. you know, you do remember that fallout campaign we did? Um, yeah, of course. Uh, we interviewed. Went on to college campuses yeah. around the United States, yes. So I asked these kids who said they were raised in the church, but they now believed in evolution. I said, what was your best evidence for evolution? Right. And didn't they usually talk about like things like uh, human evolution, fossils, yeah. uh, chimp and, and uh, human similarity in DNA? Weren't those kind of the answers they yep. usually gave? The, the big three, human, chimp, DNA, similarity, genetics, creatures changing over time, uh, natural selection, which is part of the creation model anyway. But the number one answer was the fossil record, right. the fossil record, the fossil record, the rock right. layers with the fossils in them. Now, none of those Young people, Scott, and I know there's been other ministries that have done surveys like this on what are the most asked questions we get. Nobody ever throws up the millions of years as a reason for rejecting the Christian faith or as an evidence for evolution. But evolution needs millions of years. So all of those things we just mentioned, human chimp DNA, you know, mutations that eventually lead to human beings, all require deep time, all require millions of years. So if we deal with the millions of years... Everything evaporates, like you said, it, it goes. And one of the problems, one of the reasons we're doing this, I think that people have often said, well, it's too hard to start a conversation talking about, you know, the age of the earth. You know, let's and we've even been yeah. in some churches and pastors say, Listen, I want you to talk about evolution, right? But but can you leave the age of the earth out of it? Yes, heard that many times. Uh, you know, they want to just deal with with evolution, which, you know, most Christians would agree on that. Mm -hmm. And yet the question we're dealing with today is why do so many Christians try to fit millions of years into the Bible? And I think just like those students uh, never asked and never gave an excuse or, or a reason for believing in evolution to be the millions of years, I think it's assumed yeah. Not just by students in universities, but really by mo by many Christians. They just assume the millions of years must be true. So we've got to fit them into the Bible, right? Well, do you remember, just I think it was this week, I shared a feedback around the office. Somebody wrote in and based on one of our articles, and it was about finding carbon-14 in dinosaur bones. So, right. So just so you know, carbon-14 is a radiometric dating method. But it only dates things in terms of thousands of years. The half-life is so short that after, you know, maybe 100,000 years, the amount of carbon-14 is not detectable. So right. you should not see carbon-14 in anything that is, is even a million years old, let that's alone right. the coal we find it in that's supposed to be 350 million years old. And dinosaur fossils, lots and lots of them. Yeah. So this teacher was saying that in his class – he just turned around and said, look, he was talking about radiometric dating in the science classes, and he said, look, they found carbon-14 in dinosaur fossils, and the student turned around unprompted and said, oh, so the Bible's true. Right. Hang on. <laughs> how did he, how, where did he get that from? Well, because if the millions of years go away, exactly, evolution can't be true, then the Bible's history makes more sense of the evidence. Yeah, and so I think actually... You know, in the same way that I said, if you ask somebody, even well-meaning Christians who try to fit millions of years, and I say, where do the millions of years come from? I remember sitting on an aeroplane, and a guy was challenging me about this when he, he knew who I worked for, and I and he was not a Christian. And I said, well, why do you think the earth is old? Uh, radiometric dating. Yeah. Guess what I can do? I can show radiometric dating that right. shows it falsifies the evolutionary ages. 
So I think you can cut to the chase and say, well, hang on. Yeah, I, I know people think the earth is billions of years old and the rock layers are hundreds of millions of years old, right? Right. But here's evidence to show you that they're not. And I remember having a debate with a secular geologist one day. You know, he was he was at a meeting and he was railing against me. And I just said, look, look, just just try to be open and honest. And I know you don't agree, but if there really was a global flood, right, like the Bible says, yes, what would you expect the evidence to be? <laughs> right, right. I mean, you'd be expect to see lots and lots of massive sedimentary layers laid down by water, covering the whole earth with evidence of dead fossil, you know, fossils, dead things right there in those layers. Exactly. That's what you would say. And guess what we find? Yeah. Exactly yeah. that. Yeah. I, I, when we travel on ministry, it's, you know, you drive from the airport and you get to go down the interstates and, and you go through road cuttings and you can see it. There are all the layers. And I tell people in churches, I say, hey, that road cutting down the road, go and have a look. Go and have a look at all the layers. You know, where did they come from? Go and look at the mountains that are nearby. See, when we put the right set of glasses on, you see, you start to see the world in light of the Bible's history. That's right. You know? And so here's the thing, because even if you don't believe in evolution, but we try to add millions of years into Scripture, right? The millions of years comes from the rock layers. There's death in the rock layers. Guess what we've just done? Yeah, now you have death before the fall. Then, before right? the fall. Before yeah. Before Adam fell, before yep. death and sin entered the world. And you've got that passage in Romans 5.12 that clearly says sin and death entered the world through one man. So right. we're putting death before the fall. So just to repeat, even if you don't believe in evolution but you try to add deep time to the Scripture, inadvertently we're putting death before the fall and it kind of becomes a gospel issue then, doesn't it? Right. I mean it kind of impacts the entire uh, uh, story of the Bible, the big picture that – God created the heavens and earth. It was a perfect place. There was no sin, no death. Hmm. And yet death came into the world because of Adam's sin. But in the future, at the very end of the Bible, it tells us that God will create a new heavens and a new earth. Yeah. And it will be even better than the first one, no death. And when we take millions of years of death before Adam, we are turning the gospel really upside down. Well, what do you do with passages like we see in uh, Hebrews 9.3, I think it is, that without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin if death was occurring. Yeah, if it's been happening for millions of years. Exactly. Right, so, right. so this is a gospel issue, and we wanted to do this to really encourage people, churches, actually don't retreat from the age of the earth. Oh, that's well, right. you creationists think the earth's only 6,000 years old. Actually, well, yeah, because one, that's what the Bible indicates, and two... We actually have lots of evidence on our part. But tell me, what do you believe? Oh, I believe the earth is millions of years old. Why? Yes, and that's you, the question we've had. And you know, it's exciting because uh, there is so much information and evidence that is available today that the uh, physical evidence that's here on the earth supports the historical account of the Bible, and yeah. people can find that information. Yeah. You know, when we do, we do a lot of dinosaur t uh, talks in churches, and you've probably done this too, you know, and I'll often say... Uh, there's children in the audience. Boys and girls, when, when did the last dinosaur die out? Christian kids. Yeah. 65 million years ago. That's right. Oh, so where are they getting that information from? It's secular information. Right. But then even when you can sit down with a young one and say, well, look, carbon-14, here's how it works. You shouldn't see it in dinosaur bones that are millions of years old. Ba-boom, there's great. There's a, an idea of the, the type of evidence. And I just want to mention, even though we said we're not going to deal with these things, but just, just one, for example, gap theory, which was an idea to insert a gap between Genesis 1-1, one, one, 
right? And Genesis 1-2. And most people who come and push gap theory, they don't know. It came from the Schofield's reference Bible. And why did he try to put millions of years in there? Well, because he thought the rock layers was evidence of time. But then you got a problem because Noah's flood, right, which could account for those layers, wasn't until chapter 6 of Genesis. So they put something called Lucifer's flood between Genesis 1-1 and Genesis 1-2. Well, again, you're putting those rock layers have death in them, so you're putting death before Adam and Eve, who obviously come a lot later in chapter 1. But here's another issue. At the end of day six, God saw all that he had made, and it was, remember, it was good, 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 and then it was- Very good. Very good. So Satan, what was he? He was a fallen angel, wasn't he? Who created the angels? Right, God did, and everything was very good at that time. So the angels, including Satan, must have been very good up until day six. Or thereafter, yeah. And so you couldn't have Satan roaming in the gap between that's Genesis right. 1, 1 and 1, 2. So that's, that's a, right. ladies and gentlemen, that's a kind of idea of, you know, we talked about day-age theory or framework hypothesis. There are answers for those. And as I said, there are logical answers from the scripture itself. It's not going to be self-refuting um, in that in that right. regard. So the question we've been dealing with today is why do so many Christians try to fit millions of years into the Bible? And the good news is that Scripture tells us something very different, and the evidence supports that. And everyone that is a believer needs to be equipped. I just want to tell you about a couple books that I think would be great. The Deep Time Deception. It's going to go through a lot of the topics that we've discussed today, dealing with carbon dating and even starlight and time. Go ahead and get this one, or here. Rocks aren't clocks. It deals specifically with the radioisotope dating methods and how they support the historical account of the Bible. By a PhD geologist, too. That's right. So also, if you go onto our website, creation.com, there's a couple articles that you might want to look for, and that is, Did God Create Over Billions of Years? As well as Revisiting the Fallout. That's going to go and tell you a little bit more about the documentary that we presented. Please go ahead and uh, share this with other people. And thank you, and we'll be back with you next time.